You're listening to Red Nation Online. We didn't accomplish anything today. We created a very good opportunity, but the hard workers in front of us. Uh, nothing is won today. Uh, in fact, by virtue of the alphabet, we are in last place today in the standings in the East Coast. So we, we know our place. We know this is a moment in time that creates a great opportunity. But we also know the great opportunity will be won by hard work, perseverance, and a commitment to excellence. And that's what lies in front of us today. It's Sunday, January 19th. A new year for Toronto FC and high hopes abounds as a slew of signings have brought about optimism, perhaps never before seen surrounding this club. Much like posting a pod outside of our usual format of recording post-matches, I'm breaking format a bit here to set this episode up with a proper intro. This is the sixth season that myself and Steve Perry will be discussing the Reds. Not only is Eastside Stand Up the only Toronto FC-specific podcast, and I guess longest-running by default, but I'd venture to say one of the longest-running soccer podcasts in Canada. Every season, there is new hope or hype surrounding Toronto FC, and with that comes... New listeners looking for another perspective on the team. Those who have listened to us for the past five years know what to expect. Uh, We aren't decked out head-to-toe in red, pom-poms included. And if that is what you're looking for, then Goal TV is channel 428. TFC TV is the six button on tfc.ca's navbar. And you're not just going to get that here. For us, and by that I mean the slew of people we've been really grateful to have on this podcast... Uh, Andre Zadorozny, Duncan Fletcher, and Kristen Knowles from Waking the Red, Dan Rouse, Mike Charette, Julian Zadorozny, and especially uh, one of the founders for this podcast was Tim Vickery, who went back to London this year. And he was integral in how we approach the discussions on TFC. Uh, What Tim instilled in Eastside Stand Up was this simple expression, keep it real. This is what we try to do each week in the debates, the opinions, and analysis offered. We don't claim to be experts or pundits, rather just another group of supporters at BMO going over what we saw on the pitch and what we see at the club. We've never been afraid to be wrong and welcome emails or tweets pointing that out or offering something new. So for this year, please, please keep reaching out to us. So I have your attention, I hope, and think if you're listening to this, you support Canadian soccer. I have to slip this in. So a good friend of ours uh, of Red Nation Online, Steve Sandor at the11.ca, has launched a Kickstarter for his EMAG Plastic Pitch. I urge you to check this out. Uh, if, you're, if you Google Plastic Pitch, it should be one of the first results. And put a few bucks into this Kickstarter and support something that we think uh, is a deserved initiative supporting the sport in Canada. So while this episode keeps it real, believe me when I say that we're excited for this season and what the future holds for this club. Uh, on that note, let's get into this discussion. It's uh, myself, Ian Clark, Steve Perry, and Andre Zadorozny going over everything that's gone on in the last week, the last few months at TFC, uh, how the two teams are going to do. We really focus on the DP signings, especially Defoe, Gilberto, and Michael Bradley, and kind of just cover everything that's gone on over the last couple months. So we hope you enjoyed this discussion. As usual, we appreciate you guys checking it out. This is the first episode of Eastside Stand Up for 2014.
<laughs> you stole my thunder, Steve. We'll say it over. You can we'll, no, I'm leaving that in, and we'll get to that. That's what <laughs> I'm going to say. Because I think, uh, well, the way I wanted to lead into it was kind of saying, you know, a little bit of a here we are again. And uh, we usually don't do... On the day of a storm, a winter storm? Yeah. We usually don't do, uh, you know, podcasts in, in this manner. We're usually after a game. That's been the format for... Are you kidding? This is the new tradition. Last year, yeah, we did, last year last, we did the same this thing. This is my point, is that last year there was so <laughs> many things to talk about that we had to do a podcast in January. And here we are again in 2014, you know, the week of the biggest press conference media day we've ever seen with Toronto FC. Now, we haven't seen any, haven't seen in relation to any winning or trophies no. or championships, but... Right. Signings, we got it down. Cater a good lunch. (laughs) We got it down, Pat. And I think that's sort of the starting point to uh, this episode of uh, Eastside Stand Up is, I guess, maybe the one thing I wanted to kick off. We got announcements. We got announcements. We got a lot of announcements. But I think, you know, before I wanted to get in the announcements of Steve, I just wanted to kind of like never really did sort of a post-mortem at the end of the year uh, of the, the faces that have left MLSC and Toronto FC. And of course, there's, you know, three big names that are going around that we will talk about probably all through the season and Tim Lawicki, Tim Bezbachenko and Ryan Nelson. And because we've seen through the end of last year that Tom Anselmi's gone from the organization, Earl Cochran gone from the organization and Paul Byrne gone from the organization. The three faces that were the consistent with Toronto FC through seven years of basement basement bargain, basement football. Yeah. Yeah. And, and complete utter failure. And I guess without, Going into it too deep, although I'm, you know, just to say, I'm not sad to see any of them go, and uh, I'm not particularly fond of any any three of those guys uh, because uh, they are synonymous with utter failure in my eyes. So, so long, and we have three new guys that we're going to talk about uh, kicking this guy off. Of course, we named them already: the two Tims and Ryan. I guess uh, obviously we saw a lot of Ryan Nelson last year and what he brings to the table. A little bit of Tim Lewicki, but now he's sort of we're hearing about him all the time. And then, of course, Bezbachenko came in through the end of last year and is starting to get his stamp on the team and we're getting more uh, on him. I don't know. I kind of want to just throw, what is everyone, how does everyone feel about this change? And is it too soon? Have we, we learned enough from these guys to sort of form any opinion of, you know, are we on board with this, this crew and what they, what they bring to the table and what they've been saying in this offseason? Um I don't know what to think about them other than, like, I mean, I've heard lots of fanfare, really. And I usually get suspicious when I hear lots of fanfare. So that's my thought on it. But, um, but, you know, I I like some of the things that they're saying. Like, Bezbachenko was talking about how the new, there's a new scouting protocol at Toronto C, which was long overdue and needed. And, uh, one of the things that he thinks is, should be a a requirement is to see players face to face before they sign anybody. So in, in, in actual fact, they're going down, making trips down to Brazil and other places that we've been saying that they need to go, right? Yeah. So not just relying on scouts, I suppose. Anyway, that's encouraging. I don't know what to, else to think other than uh, Tim Lewicki was going on about his bandwagon last year and his parade route yeah. and all this shit. People generally, you know, when Dero says, I want to get behind a winning team like Tim Lewicki, I like what he did with LA Galaxy. I wonder if they're just kissing his ass. Like, I don't know. Really, well, I don't know the, what to think he's of the him. New right? boss, <laughs> yeah, he's a new boss, and Dero's sort of like at the end of his career, so I think he's just trying to he's trying to get field time, right? Yeah, <laughs> I really don't know. I mean, I don't know what to make of it necessarily. It's hard, yeah. to, it's hard to tell, but I do think that 
you know, we've seen signings for the first time that kind of get people excited. So, I mean, we've had signings before that got people excited, but these ones actually seem like they're a little bit better. Yeah, and there's there's definitely uh, characteristics about these signings that are different from the past ones, I think. And that's those are the areas that I think which and makes it, them so exciting. And even with like the attempt to try and keep some players like Lava, like I, like all of a sudden they're fighting for players. Yeah. Which uh, is a different spirit than trying to beat up their own players, right? Yeah. So, you know, that when they're talk with the talk of Laba being the fourth DP and how they're going to use some credit accounting to try and keep them on the squad, that's kind of, you know, you want to see people getting behind their players somehow and keeping them here. So that's instead of trying to figure out how to get rid of them, like it's a different spirit. Yeah, I well, can agree. What's interesting is the fact that you you needed a whole new team to make the changes that we wanted on the, on for Toronto FC, which we weren't getting with Mo, the Mo Johnson years. We never really understood what was going on behind their in their heads or up in the up in the boardroom. So I think with I don't know Bezbachenko. He I've only only know what I've read so far, and he's fairly new to me. He's I mean he's almost I think he's the same age as us. I, I, yeah, <laughs> us and he might be also. younger than us. Yeah, like, he, I guess he's willing to be bold is the thing, right? Yeah. Yeah, and Lewicki, I mean, yeah, all his talk about parades. And his, ex- and his experience, and Bezbachenko's experience at MLS. It's working in our favor. I think. Yeah, most definitely. Yeah. Well, you know, the only thing that I would say is, you know, whether it's been instilled in me after these last seven years of just always being skeptical or always having one eye, um, looking at it critically, uh, you know, however this, this year starts going and how things fare, I think one thing I tried to keep in the back of my head last year as well was, not underestimating or not even we shouldn't we should overstate how colossal you know the rebuild or the build and the state of this club was when these guys came on board i've said numerous times that i've felt that this team is is worse off than an expansion team because an expansion team at least doesn't have a terrible reputation and an expansion team hasn't gone through x number coaches and has players scattered throughout the league sharing their negative experiences with it that's what Toronto is trying to overcome. And, not, it's, and, and then you also have the support that's dwindled down to very little. So on numerous fronts, uh, this, this organization needs to get things straight. And it's, uh, I think it's pretty tough to handle that all at once. And maybe they're just putting out a fire here, putting out one there instead of trying to do it all at once. And it's going to take more than one year and maybe even two, if you ask me. And someone warned me about like the buzz, all the buzz that happened with the Blue Jays. At the beginning of this oh yeah, that's, for sure. That's exactly, and yeah. that's just because you got some good players doesn't mean you're gonna have a good team. Uh, yeah, and that's too many. I don't variables. know how these players are gonna work out with each other. I mean, it looks like we got lots of firepower up front, so I think that was a concern because we've never really had good strikers. And it looks like maybe we've got a couple like Gil in Gil- Gilberto and and uh, and Defoe. I mean, the two of them look like they're. Well, we don't see Defoe some- until. He's he's a back on loan with Tottenham up until February. February only February, but that yeah. we haven't started playing then, have we? Preseason only it's preseason, pre-season. But season not, starts early March. Yeah, so season he'll be there for the season. So he'll be well rested on the bench by the time he comes in. Well, that's what I mean. Like in terms of how much, how much there will be time. no injury concern. Yeah, I hope not. <laughs> I hope not. Well, I mean, Steve, you've just led into my the second sort of the second part that I want to get. It was the signings that we've made in the off season and the big name ones. Uh, there's three DPS that have come in, and now we have. Now we have four, um, obviously, with Lava being the question mark. But it's Gilberto, Defoe, and Bradley. And Andre and I kind of talked a bit before the pod. And for me, the one I'm the most skeptical of is 
the Gilberto signing. Mm-hmm. And I think the best signing we made this offseason is Michael Bradley. If we stay positive off the top, I mean, Bradley's 26. He's arguably, uh, I think a lot of U.S. national team supporters either look at him or Dempsey, probably Dempsey before he came back to MLS, yeah. that those were the two best players on their team. And especially both were playing at the highest profile you know, club in Europe with uh, Dempsey was at... Dempsey was at Fulham. And then he was at Tottenham. And then it was Tottenham. And then... And then kind of flopped. But yeah, it. and Bradley was at uh, Roma. Yeah. So, and Bradley's 26, obviously. So the age is... He's in Huge. his prime. Like, yeah. that's the best that he can become the heart of this team. That's sort of what I'm looking it's at. It's like when it is, it's, Toronto really won the lottery with this. And I think Defoe was integral. What I've read is getting Defoe was integral to get, Brad, get, to get Bradley. But I think Bradley, in terms of a face of the team, that's the man we need to look for. I don't think Defoe really should be the face of the team. It's, it's Michael Bradley. He's North American. He's an American. He's the captain of the U.S. national team. He's got a lot to give. And he can be here for a long time if if it works. Yeah, well, you know what? I th- I think that probably won't happen because Michael Bradley kind of comes across soft-spoken mm-hmm. and he's a guy who just gets his business done on the field. Well, he, that doesn't mean he's... So he's not going to be the captain or something, but he'll... Yes, but I mean, like, you know, Dero was the face of the team because he had the personality. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Off on the field and off the field. Bradley's, Bradley is the captain for America, for the American yeah, yeah, national squad, right? So, yeah, yeah. Who knows what he's going to be, what role he's going to play. But I think he's going to play like a... Well, he's got tons of potential. Well, I, I don't think he yeah. needs to be captain. He just, I think he brings a lot of, of he's a, brings a lot of power to the team. He brings a lot of energy to the team. He brings a lot of um, familiarity in many ways. And What does that mean? That means that he's, he's someone that we can relate to. He's a guy that can, has chosen MLS at this stage of his career, and we can respect that. When you just too many, like Defoe is already 31, you know, yeah. other players are coming from, foreign players I are I think coming. we're giving him too much credit. I don't know if he chose MLS because he, he even said that he didn't think he would be playing back in MLS. Yeah. He, that was, he, I think he, it was because of money. I think the reason why he's here is because of money. Like, I mean, yeah. to be honest, I think it was only, be, he wasn't getting the same game time probably at Roma. Yeah, that's and, true. And, and, and they gave him, but he could, and they gave him a good paycheck. So I think there's other things that are motivating him. I don't think it's because he wanted to come back to MLS. Well, I yeah, don't know. He's now he's sort of turned it around, like because he didn't want to make that. He said that he said that in as many words, but he also didn't want to come off as like dissing the league, right? And so and right. he was trying to promote it as well. Oh, the league's come up a lot, but that's a bunch of shit. I mean, maybe it is, maybe it hasn't. I don't know. I mean, but whatever. It's not like a great league. It's not like he's like Syria is still a better league, right? Yeah. So and the fact, yeah, right, right. It's, it's not really about MLS, but it, what it is about is what he brings to the table, and it's For about sure. him regardless yeah it's all about money these signings are all about i don't money. think it's a great career move for him i think it's a great no but it's a great it's thing great for, for us it's I mean, a he, great thing it's for, great for us and that's yeah and he's a family man so and that kind of worked out in our favor that he wants to stay close his wife is yeah, I guess he's, american italian and she wants to she wants he's, to stay he was, he's from new jersey right so he is yeah yes. i think so yeah so yeah. it's kind of like having a shevchenko you know his kind wife of, kind of runs the roost so she wanted to stay what i've heard she wants to stay and and have a family and at home. Yeah, well, that's what. Yeah, I've heard the same about. Beckham yeah, but I, you don't think he would have got. You think you don't think that he could have gone to any any team and got the same amount of money? I think so. No, I don't think he got. He could have got the same amount of money. Really? I don't think he was making this money overseas. No, he but if he came to MLS, say he came to MLS, say LA wanted him. Oh yeah, yeah, maybe. Yeah, but, but I think but, I think Toronto's overpaying. But how many right people now. were offering? How many people were offering? How many I, well, teams no, were offering? Nobody, because nobody I feel thought like, that. But he there was might have be been. There. I feel like when when Toronto was going ahead, there was rumors of two other teams that were in the mix to like potentially sign him. 
But I think whatever. He met with Tim, saw the power suit, fresh and, haircut, fresh haircut. Well, and he was he was I'm in. I think if anything, the Defoe signing is going to what does doing is bringing people together more than um, than if Bradley was just signed on his own. I don't think. Well, well you, yeah, was which is unfortunate been, because I think yeah. Bradley is is again the better is the is the heart. He can be the heart, and his his background as a player, whether it's you know he can play uh, a holding midfielder role. But when he was at the early in his career, he was here in Veen and in Holland and was scoring one in every two games. So he's played that f- sort of that full role front to back, being able to score, being able to create or just being that tidy guy that's, you know, being the holding mid and, and starting up the play. So he, I think he's really valuable in that sense. And, you know, he, he could be the guy, which is unfortunate. Labas might be the, you know, the odd man out in this whole thing if they can't keep a hold of him, because that would have been a great combo. Mm-hmm. But it's almost like you could say you have Labo and more with Bradley because he can probably do all the same things but has a bit more offensive firepower. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, but I, I would hope that they would keep Labo because, like, I'm, I mean, if you're looking at the rest of the midfield, I mean, you're looking at Dero, who's also, you know, you were talking about him uh, off-air. You were saying, you know, he's suffered from a lot of injury last year. And, you know, he's at the end of his career. When people are at the end of their career, they usually do get injured and they do have problems. Like, career-ending injuries. Um, so we don't know what we're going to get with Dero. We also don't know what we're going to get with Defoe. I mean, Defoe is also older. And uh, these guys are two older guys, so we need some younger players, and Laba would be a great player to be in that thing. And they are trying to keep him, but we, yeah. who knows? I mean, you're right. They can't keep four DPs. And will Laba go for it? Yeah. We're not sure. Heard, why gonna... would they get Gilberto? That's if that's they a, had someone like Lava. Well, I have but, a, but I, have I a theory. but I, I have a theory too. Go ahead, give me your. Theory. <laughs> well, here's my theory was when they signed Gilberto, they no, were, they, no. they, were, they were saying you know they have their uh, level A DPS they're looking for and their level B DPS, and it was it was said that Gilberto was the level B, and my thought is <laughs> that Defoe wasn't I think was wasn't a done deal, mm. so part of it was contingency to cover their ass in case something fell through at the last second. And I also feel like that Bradley wasn't quite on the table at that point um, because there's an interview with him when they signed Gilberto and they, and he says specifically when he's talking about signings, he goes, well, we have one more DP slot to fill, which I would have expected he was referring to Defoe was going to fill it, not Bradley. So there's something that's just a little bit off center with what Bezbachenko was saying in early mid December and what actually happened in terms of the signing. I think it was a little bit of just nothing's really happened at this point. Tim Lewicki was talking a big game that's, you know, become the end of the year. We got some big things to talk about, and it hadn't happened yet. So, But if you also look back at the the announcements that they were doing when Gilberto came on, they were talking about getting a young player who's coming into his prime. So they were looking for somebody that wasn't a dinosaur. And I think that, that Defoe was certainly on the table at that point. And I agree with you. I think exactly how you, you said it spelled it out is how it played out. But, you know, I think that they were looking for, I mean, people have been saying you need to go to South America. You need to get a player from right. down there because they're creative players, right? Well, lots of people have been saying it, and it's like they're creative players. And, yeah. you know, if you've got a young striker who's willing to come up here, pay his price. Yeah. It might be worth the risk, right? Yeah. But there was something about that, like, I know, and I, was, I do and say Jackson that, do was I? here, right? Wasn't he already? He was already. Yes, Jackson's been at Dallas for a couple years, numerous number of years now. So, you know, I don't know what their relationship is, but like, if you get a Brazilian on the team, sure, Brazilians like to play with Brazilians. They yeah. can play with anybody, but you know, 
Brazilians understand like the samba style football better than anyone else, right? Yeah. Well, I'll just say I'll say it like this: is that in terms of Gilberto, you know, whatever the the background stuff that I looked into about you know what his story is, and and of course there's just things in terms of like the president of the league where there's a lot of times. In South America, uh, you see this with uh, LA Galaxy when they brought in Juninho or FC Dallas when they brought in David Ferreira. I mean, these guys were our top, sort of top half, I would say, MLS players. But they were brought in on loan the first year. And once they proved themselves that they could compete in MLS, then they're awarded with a a big contract. Mm -hmm. But we've gone out and spent about $3 million to seal Gilberto. And Gilberto is a guy who, we're talking about as a guy that's coming to his own, but his career is is a two month window where he's where he went on a scoring spree, and everything previous to that has been dry spells, goal here, goal there. Yeah, it's like another Rudy almost, right? So it's to me that's I'm highly skeptical of of what will happen, and it's to me that's not the right precedent to set is to sign a guy under those circumstances, especially when you look at a lot of people are high on him, but to me there was two pundits or whatever you want to call it. Uh, I hope I hope I got it right. It was Jared Peters at Jared Peters at Sportsnet and Tim Vickery, the pundit in South America, who both wrote uh, brought up very valid points in terms of like his style of play. Uh, you know, he's not a good combination player. He's very uh, he's not very strong, like physically strong, but he is quick. And when you have him pairing up with a guy like Defoe, who is also a player who isn't known as a combination player, we have two similar style strikers. So they aren't complementary. But I think they're, I think they're going to be replacement players for each other. Is that yeah? Well, that's what that. Sure. I don't think they're going to be playing with each other. I think they're going to be mm-hmm. taking each other off. Possibly. Yeah. That's an expensive. Yeah. That's an expensive uh, uh, strategy. Is is just what I would say, and that's fine if they're going to like if they want to spend that cash. But, but I'm I just, think I'm just pointing think, that out. I think by that in that way they're always going to have a good striker on, or a greedy sure, striker. Sure. Right? Why not? Maybe yeah, not man. a good striker, but a greedy striker, a guy who's, who wants to score. And so uh, you know, in some ways, that means they're always going to be uh, an attacking. They're going to be an attacking team. Yeah, and you know, if they don't care about the price tag, so be it. But sure. that's that's just what I'm putting out there is that that is an expensive strategy. But don't forget that oh, the- I agree with you. But like we've, <laughs> I agree with you. Yeah. But those, but these are players that want playing time. You think that Gilberto Defoe? Defoe. I don't think Nelson's picking the team based on their salary. I think he's picking based on what's going to be the best team, right? So I think he's really going to be. You know, I can see Gilberto be the, they, the guy no slated in this whole thing. If, there, if there's no chemistry between, yeah, well, that's, we were joking about like, what's he doing now? Like, is right. he is he like, going to Raptors games? And <laughs> like, people, and, and, I mean, it was there was and, big fanfare when all, he was first signed, but now like he's sort of like he's the, overshadowed. And all yeah, you hear now so. is, oh, remember Gilberto? Like already he's being spoken about. In, in, in he's never played a game yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, it's such hopefully a, he won't go the way of the Yerudi. Well, that's such an old, it's such an old school TFC way of thinking of like. Jumping on jumping on something when it's hot, and then it horribly cooling off and being worthless. Yeah. So and this default- and you, like we said, notice that uh, Portland has signed an Argentinian striker. That's right. So where that leaves you, Rudy, who knows? But uh, his North American experience uh, was not a good one. Not at all. But we you know what I wanted to talk about, Steve. And I thought this would be. I guess we've talked about Di Rosario a bit, but I kind of thought it would it might have been a worthwhile talking point because the, you know everyone in this room. Has different may had different opinions at one point mm-hmm. in time, and uh, but I don't think I think we're all in agreement. He, we might not see him factor as a major role in this team. Yeah, was, I mean, I was glad to see him get signed back here, and I was like, uh, you know, he's always talked to, about wanting to end his career here. So, 
that I felt that was a good story. You you were saying to me that is a good story. That's a good. At least it's a good story. Yeah, right? <laughs> at the very least, right. <laughs> Who knows? Like he might be fit. Like he's probably ready yeah. to play. I think he he has something to prove. I think you know he'd left here uh, under acrimonious. Yeah, certainly. Yeah. Just didn't. He, and, and he probably him, wasn't happy. Made him look bad. And you too. know he, he tweeted a bunch of shit like just to feed the fire without a core and all these other people. You know he was certainly. You could tell he was fucking pissed off. Oh right? yeah. I mean, coming back here, he's probably had to settle some dust and you know. Yeah. Kind of swallow check some his, swallow some pride. Check his ego at the door for and sure. Like, look, I, well, he took him. He took a major pay cut. Yeah, and right? he's also and he's also kissing Luigi's ass in the press, mm-hmm. right? That's like, right. I mean, which is something you might not have seen from him before. Yeah, and so, he and he knows he knows Ryan Nelson. They, they, yeah, they know each other from. from yeah, Rick was telling me that he days. put him up actually. Oh, Blackburn, because Dero I think did a trial at Blackburn. I think it was. But so Nelson said, uh, Nelson stay with him for like a week or two. Yeah. yeah. And ate all his food. That was a joke. Yeah. Well, and, and Rick said a couple of things that were interesting. He said, well, so I don't know what that means. I mean, it means that he's familiar with him. He's got a working relationship with him and they're probably friends or whatever, but maybe he, he might not respect him when he's making things like he might feel too comfortable mm-hmm. with him being his coach. And maybe, you know, that might not work in his favor. Which is what I think Nelson's biggest flaw is, is that I think he's, he's under experience. He's under experience and he's too on equal footing with the players. Because he's you know, a player. He was a player, he was not, a player too not even last year. Two, uh, last year. Yeah. And he and so I think what the, a lot of people are thinking that him is the, his relationship with Defoe and they played on Tottenham with Harry Redknapp under Harry Redknapp is that they he's, have, he's too friendly with they're these friendly guys. and they they don't work. But I think it might backfire. It's hard to say. Again, I'm negative. So. Yeah, because well, how do you like it when yeah. your friend then starts bossing you around? Right. Yeah, kind of. You kind of want to tell him Defoe's, to go fuck and, off. And, and and Nelson would never have made this type of money as a player. He was a bit of a journeyman in some ways. So um, with Defoe coming in, who you're about the same same age, and he's making you know tons of money. You know, is, is your buddy? You know, your buddy's going to get orders from your kind of poorer friend. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's true. No matter what, I mean, it, it becomes more. Who is your head coach? Yeah, who's <laughs> now your superior, and that comes into play. Unless, unless he can just, uh, unless Nelson can somehow rise above all this, and I think that everybody's looking at the first five five games of the season yeah. and see what happens. And then and you know what? You, he might not have a job after and game the, and six. The, and what I think about, sorry, go ahead. Well, I was going to say you just you just I think brought up which could be potential issue with the team is that. You know, if Defoe's not playing well and he's starting over Gilberto, Gilberto's going to sit there yeah. and say, hey, man, like, wh- am I going to get my yeah. shot? Like, you're just giving your Guaranteed buddy all this he's playing thinking time. that now. Right. For sure. Because it's like, he's not, we don't know what, we don't know what he's like. I know what Defoe's like. I know how he plays. We, every, most people know how he plays. If you follow the Premier League, even if you don't even follow Tottenham, Gilberto, he's, he's a question mark. You're right. He had that little, that little playing really, he's really hot, but. I don't know. Yeah. I feel it's too old school. It's too it, much. It also, kind of flop. Me, also, what you were saying about uh, them playing at Tottenham together. Yeah. I think uh, made me think of maybe this is Nelson's way of covering up his, inif- his inability to coach. Like he's he's playing what he knows. So he's he's found a player that he's familiar with and mm-hmm. he thinks can uh, do well. And that'll cover up his inadequacy to coach, right? Like I think. Sure. He doesn't uh, have to coach him. Kind of. Uh, maybe he's his, like, uh, you know, a safety net or something. Maybe. Uh, if you know, I mean, and I think Defoe can do well in this league. I think you know pl- players that come from top leagues in in Europe obviously excel in this league, right? Yeah. Well, I, mean, I think like yeah. uh, Juan Pablo and Hal came here, and he wasn't prolific in the EPL. He was good, and he came to MLS and scored. I think at roughly a one and two clip. 
very, it was, he was an efficient striker in MLS, that's for sure. So, you know, I look at that and I look at Defoe, who, who he scores up roughly, what, one in three, maybe one in four? Yeah, I was, I was looking at the stats, it was one in three, but I think it actually became almost closer to one and two later in his, in his years. So, uh, I don't know where he is at now, but at least the goal ratio looked like it was somewhere between two and three games. Yeah. So I mean, it's, so you can't, you can't. I mean, we we won't be winning any, you know, anything like that if his if his you know one in three games. Like if the guy's good for one goal, where are the other goals going to be coming from? Yeah, right. That's still a question mark. But that's a, that's, a, that's, that's a lot of pressure. But I, but I think that's why they got Brad. Like I think they got a lot of these other players, right? So I mean, we still don't have. We're just used to not having good goal scorers, right? Yeah. <laughs> and this looks great to us, right? But I I don't know if this is a winning combination yet. Have they done enough in the back line with Moro? Coming in, yeah, the back line, the back line. So they drafted, Caldwell. they drafted a center back, right. in Haglund. So that's something to look to. That but was I, just uh, yesterday. Wasn't yeah, it? but yeah. the draft is it's just if it happens, it happens. It's kind of thing like that. Like I really think it's hard to say definitively who's going to work in this league and who's not from coming out of the NCAA. So I wouldn't bank on that whatsoever. But I they always say that like a good team relies on a good draft pick, right? And these seem to be the players that they were trying to get. Yeah. Uh, because they were trying to, they were trading for uh, Hagland. Yeah, they're trading they for positions in, in, which I thought was weird. I thought that was weird because if they wanted, there was there were, at that point in the draft, there was still including they him, traded up five spots from yeah, fifteen to gave 10. up allocation money, which yeah, they, they could have used to pay yeah. down Lava's salary. Yeah, totally. At that point in the draft, there was three names that were still in it: Ventner, uh, Cochran, and Cope, who were strong center backs in the NCAA. So it's like, well. Even if you had lost Hagelin, which I didn't really hear that kind of hype that he would have been gone at number 10, and the remaining teams didn't show that pattern, hmm. that even if he was gone, there was three guys who were still touted as potential MLS caliber center backs that they still could have picked. So for me, that's just weird, but whatever. They wanted them that bad. They went for it. But I think... Uh, is there still... Who else is on the back line from last year? Well, we still have Morgan. We still have Jonas Elmer. <laughs> Uh, we have Henry. Well, he did play lots of So Henry, Henry, and actually spent the off season at West Ham training. Oh. That has had positive reviews. We have still have Steve Caldwell, Mark Bloom, who came in at the end of the year, and then there's sort of two guys that are up in the air. Is actually I don't think we've gotten rid of Eckersley yet. No, he's, he's still on the, still on contract. Yeah. We got to get rid of him. And Egbosamonde is I think uh, officially on the trading block. A couple guys are gone. A couple guys have come in, but it's still like no major addition. I think to, to definitively say that. We've upgraded our back line. Um, so it's really coming up to. Well, just it was just Moro and. Yeah. That's the only one. And, I, and that's, you know what? But that's what's interesting, maybe, is that in 2009, when we completely fell on our face, you know, the, the, the team, the front office looked at the situation and said, the problem was we just needed an MLS experienced coach. And when you look at the end of last year, it's what we were given was, well, we just, we need a striker. Mm-hmm. We need two well, strikers. We need to score more goals. I mean, to me, that suggests the history of the pattern is to, they they make a move and then they come up with a rationalization to explain it. It's not, I mean, that's not really, I don't think that they're operating from strategy necessarily. No. Right. Or um, to me, it was almost, it's like you're saying something that's, it's just basic. You know, it's so painfully obvious. Well, yes, okay, we, that's we, true too, we're not scoring. So yeah, we need yeah. a striker. But to say that's the, you know, if we had a striker, things would all of a sudden be different. Not necessarily because... If we had a hot striker, then maybe Nelson would be abandoning his conservative defensive approach, well, which would then open up our defense right. for for being countered or 
or for, for chances for other teams to come in. We don't know. Maybe he's just, you know, when we he, he start, he's going to start playing an attacking 4-4-2, and whether the defense is solid or not, just hope to score more goals well, than well, the other guy. if they haven't changed much on the defense, they must think that they have an okay defense that can soak up enough pressure. Obviously, we had to soak up way more pressure than we could take yeah. last year, yeah, so the, obviously, that's the why near we, the end, it was okay. With Caldwell, man, he's a good... He's sure. A, oh, for sure. So, so maybe they don't feel like that's where they needed to fix it. They needed to fix it on the front end from midfield up, right? So that's kind of where you saw the... Tr- that, that's where we've but, seen all the signings. And that could just be a way for getting everybody back on board. Yeah. Yes. But you know what? That's true. That's true. Yeah. I mean, because strikers are often bigger fanfare, and right? The stars. Yeah, totally. The defensemen are kind of... Everybody likes the lead one. singer, not no one of else course. the drummer. Yeah. <laughs> or the exactly. bass player. Right. Or the bass, yeah. <laughs> the bass player. But you know what? Again, for, to, for, to stay consistent, you know, it's like I was saying, like one thing at a time. You can't expect everything to get squared away all at Why once. Why not? It's not realistic, <laughs> and you know what? You know one thing I want to point out. Well, actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna save this point for the end because well, I, let's let's think. I mean, they've tried to do that every year though, like the, with the wholesale lineup change, and this kind of feels like at least half the teams changed anyway. Yeah, yeah. well, I mean, it seems kind of like it's the same. That's the thing that I, I kind of get worried about is though, even though these signings sound like they're good, is it just better hype? Uh, because it seems like it's the same yeah. strategy that we've seen year after year. I'm going to go out there. I'm not going to recognize half the team, at least more than half the team. When they go the first home opening game, I'm going to go, who the fuck are these guys? It's going to be the same thing. Yeah. But this Every time you will because there's thing. famous. You know, I'm skipping ahead. Of course. Ahead. Of course. But, but they it's, touched but, it. But the question, you know, that I almost led myself into that I wanted to ask is, you know, are we are we heading towards becoming – the LA Galaxy or the New York Red Bulls? That's a good point. So I don't know what you mean. I didn't know what you meant by that metaphor. So for those who are not quite in the know, maybe you could explain what that means. Okay, so I'll, I'll, I'll lay it out for you. Is you, I mean, LA Galaxy, New York Red Bulls, two teams that... High profile. Are, but also uh, above and beyond overspent the other teams in the league. But with the LA Galaxy, you have one that built a club that won back-to-back championships and has regularly made it either to the finals or towards the end. And you have the New York Red Bulls who have spent almost the same amount of cash. They've never gone out of the conference semifinals. So are we, are should, we, we should be so lucky to make it to the playoffs. Yeah, oh, yeah. I know. <laughs> Baby steps. I think that has a lot to do with coaching. Yeah. Well, that's, that's, that's part. I think that's part. How do you manage that money? Yeah. And that's something that it's to Isn't me, that the test for this year? Yeah. It's whether Ryan Nelson can actually coach. Yes. That's one of them. And that's and to yeah. me, that's the one caveat. Imagine if Bruce Arena was coaching this team. Yeah, but that's the one caveat that for this the current setup that we have that still slightly doesn't sit right with me when people talk about Tim Lywicki and what he did at LA. And I'm like, but he had the best coach mm-hmm. in North American soccer history right. running his club. How does he not know that? Like, how does he not sit there and go, I, I know that's why LA was successful. It's because I had Bruce Arena. Is Ryan Nelson Bruce Arena? No, well, no fucking that, way. The answer's pretty All right. Obvious, now it's yeah. like you can we can say that's a rhetorical question. No, but yeah, okay. <laughs> but you know, people and people can say, well, he doesn't have to be Ryan Nelson. He doesn't need to be Bruce Arena. He just needs to be Jason Christ from Real Salt Lake, sure. right? But there's still you know, it's like you hedge your bets because I really think Christ it was an exception, not the rule. And that team was exceptional. There's things I can throw in there too because it's the the way that Christ built that team. Right. A, he built it right in terms of he built the spine. That was his first thing. But you know, like you were saying with Bespachenko, when they're the way they're they're approaching their signings, that's the way Christ did it right from the start. Was right. that he would go and meet these guys face to face to get a sense of their personality and their character to determine if if 
You know, right. if they were a fit, yeah. they like Jason Christ and that person was a fit. And that famous one is Javier Morales right. was a guy that he went and talked to first before bringing him, kind of making his marquee play. That's amazing. So Jason Christ, by doing that, is saying, I'm the boss. Well, and and I how are you going to work with me? I also have to think that, like, uh, I mean, maybe we're judging Gilberto too harshly because of Mike on Santos. <laughs> No, honestly, I think like, you know, Santos was, uh, you know, on and off. Right. And, you know, you like the hot weather. And and, and certainly like Laurent Robert <laughs> was the same kind of player. Right. Like he, when he realized what kind of shitstorm he was in, he kind of turned off. Right. So I, I'm thinking maybe they've judged this guy to see if he's like really a guy who's like going to play hard for the team. Right. And not be a fair weather person. Now, it's difficult to do that on one meeting, but right. like. Maybe that was one of the criteria that they were looking for. Maybe we shouldn't give up on Gilberto already, right? Yeah, we, we haven't even right. seen any of these that's, players, right? That's a very fit, that's a very yeah. valid point. Yeah. A because very valid we've already point. talked shit about him, and we've never seen him play yet. Yeah, so I saw him play on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you were there. <laughs> I got a sense, you know what I mean? But it's like, and whatever. Yes, I've, I've from what I've collected, I have a sense. But yeah, okay, I'll wait until I see him. You got to reserve pitch. judgment, I think. In yeah. this case. Yes. But I well, the same he's a fucking DP, the man. He's got, he can't be cra- completely crap. <laughs> In theory. Yeah. But it's the same yeah. thing. You Did I finish up my LA New York point? Did we really go over that? But you understood what I was getting at. Yeah. We, did, go, we did talk about it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. And that's, and that's but you just, didn't say what you're, what you so felt. we didn't actually answer the question yeah. though, because the, you did ask the question, but we just got into like talking about real Salt Lake as an, uh, as example a different, and coaching a different example, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, I don't know, like I, I'm tending to think that we're, I'm always the pessimist. I'm thinking, you know, we're more like the, the Red Bulls. If yeah. you want an answer I mean, to that question. The shit? Well, I mean, that's, it, I think that's the, the here's the other thing. The Red Bulls big signing striker. But the LA, well, LA obviously has Rob Keane, but they started with Beckham. The thing, the thing is, I don't think we're completely rotten. Okay, I just think that, like, uh, I think there is some good things going on at head office, right? Yeah, I don't want to come across like it's rotten. I don't feel. I, 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 are we doing that? No, no, I'm, no, just, no. I'm just trying to be. <laughs> no, no, but there, there is a lot of speculation about Ryan Nelson and whether he's any good. So okay. that's the thing. I mean, that's where the gap is, right? That's where everyone's going. We don't know yet. He's not tested necessarily. He's he had a shit team last year, and he just blamed it on the team. <laughs> did, but did, did he yes, blame publicly? Did. Yes, they would talk about like his formation, or whatever, and he'd be like, "When I don't have good players, I can't play anything but a four-four-two. Like that's the formation yeah, that right. that you put when you have shit I players. Those. I remember those like because he would say something like, "What I can't do anything else because I don't have the players to do what I want to do." Right. Isn't that what every TFC coach is? Yes, every TFC's coach has used that excuse. They've all said, <laughs> but they've never they, made it past a they, year and they, a half. They inherited. <laughs> they inherited. You know. The crap, right? And that's so, true. None of them have made it past a year and a half. So maybe so that's exactly Ryan why. Nelson has Nelson. not does not have the longevity record yet. Not yet, right? So well, Aaron Vinter still holds it, I think, doesn't he? Yeah, he might. Yeah, he does. It might be a year, a year. He was over a year. Uh, yeah, a year. It was but, a year and a bit. Yeah. So we'll see. Like, <laughs> we so this know. is this is really a test for coaching. This is, I mean, this is where we find out whether Nelson Who can leads? coach or not, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, then that's that. Because this is the, he's gotten the players. That, I think he's gotten some players that he wants, right? Yeah. So, yeah, that he has relationships with. Like you're starting to see Which is him. almost cheating because he's now has a relationship with the team. Not necessarily. I mean, I don't necessarily care about if they're friends or not. I just want to know. You want to build a team that can work together, right? And that's a difficult mm-hmm. thing trying to figure out chemistry. Chemistry is kind of... Right. It's like that magic that you never know is going to work or not. And, uh, you know, he's trying to make that – he's trying to figure this out. Like he probably also didn't get complete control over some of those choices oh, that oh no, they signed, yeah, right? So sure. like, I mean, 
I don't know what has his, has his thumbs you up. You love that down. guy. You sure. So bad. Until he got here, right? But like, it's hard to tell, right? Yeah. And then so. he was like, uh, Kevin Payne, what? That's, that's a that's a perfect smoking. That's, that's a great example, actually. You know, I mean, like maybe some of these players he did want, and they're not going to work out. We don't know how this lineup's going to work. Yeah. So this chemistry week, is chemistry is always the big unknown, right? Then to to segue to wrap this up, then let's finish with expectations. What are our thoughts on the season? What are your do you have bare minimums? You or do you dare make a prediction on what we're, what we're I, thinking I say, of at I, this point? Playoffs has to be. I I, I think that it's a weird year because it's a World Cup year. And, uh, that's true. Uh, we were also talking about duties, like the to the World Cup. So, like Bradley's going to be gone, and I think I don't think we're completely stopping. You, from what I we get the group stages are going to be hit, but once it gets out of the group stages, I think the league start back starts back up. Yeah. yeah. So hopefully the U.S. loses, and uh, we'll be good. But but you know the <laughs> U.S. has been good. That yeah. might not be realistic, right? Mm-hmm. I think the U.S. might advance. So they're in a tough group, though. If I are remember they? correctly, they yeah, are, aren't they? I did. I did a podcast on the on the World Cup. They're in. A, they're in a tough group. And we think that like Dero might be out because he'll probably be playing friendlies for Canada for some of that, right? Yeah, maybe. And if they don't, don't respect all we, the international, we don't things. know what Defoe's status will be with England, right? But there's lots of talk that he's may not make it onto England. So, like I've heard that he's going to get kicked off the team because he's come over to MLS. Yeah. So. But we made the joke. Yet he would stay on the team, sitting on the bench. Sure. But it doesn't that matter. Sense? He won't be playing for us if he's on on the team, right? Yeah. So that's essentially <laughs> the core of our scoring yeah. formation, right? Yeah. That might that would be, a, but that might be just a small window of the summer. Really, it'll, it'll be like when LA Galaxy came here during the Confederation Cup last year, and their players were still playing the day before and couldn't make it back for the game. It'll be that in reverse yeah. for us, right? Yeah. So, but sure, sure. so, Steve, what, the what, heart of our team will be going okay. But now. you you outlined some legitimate things, but with them. With that in mind, I mean, what okay, are your, well, what are okay, your expectations? So, so my expectations, so it's, yeah, it's a good question, and I wasn't meaning to dodge it. Um, in fact, I reserve my expectations because um, usually in the first podcast, like the first couple of years when we were doing podcasts, I would just be up on the hype. And then I got wise to it and said, that's ridiculous. Just be pessimistic. I want to be in the middle because I never take the middle ground on this, and I just think that, like, I, you know, I'm going to wait and see. I'm going to be cautious and not necessarily optimistic. I mean, I like what I'm hearing, but I don't know. Again, I just, I have no fucking clue. You're cautiously sitting on the fence. How this is going to work. (laughs) No, I mean, I really don't know how these players are going to play. And, you know, they've been talking about D-Row, but they're talking about not really playing them. So I think D-Row could be a great player. Uh, but I don't even know how his how his injury is working. Like, I don't even know if he's going to be anything. Like, they keep talking about him like... He's not going to be in this lineup, and I'm thinking maybe he's just not fit, and he's not going to be fit. These great players that we got building in the squad might not be things that we can count on. I, I just don't know. I have well, you know what? Here's the I'm gonna, I, I just it's a lot of the same with a lot of hype. You know, yeah, it's, it feels like the same shit, but there's it like, is. but then it also feels like there's like some there's it's some new hype. It's new same shit. It's new Coke. Yeah, well, right. It's yeah. Some, it's it's, and we know painted, what a disaster that right, was. So right. it's just painted differently. But what else can it be? So you, you know, I mean, if it's new coke, infrastructure. if it's new coke, then we should really be cautious, right? <laughs> okay, but we should be scared. <laughs> listen, Steve, I'm going to join you, but I will. I do have expectations, and I'll let you know what that is. What is it? This is what I'm going to set my expectations at. I want to see solid home form. 
in terms of results. I'm not even going to say playoffs. I'm not even going to say playoffs because I for me, playoffs. Yeah. because for me, if we be, if we establish ourselves as an actual formidable team at home, like it used to be, a we'll get to see some good fucking games. Mm-hmm. That's a win for us. But then B That's to me true. that says the team is on the right track. Fuck, I'd like to see us win a game at home. I, more I than one, one or two. I saw one last year. That I Columbus. No. Were you at DC? We had a DC game. Montre- I was thinking of the Montreal game. Oh, yeah. It wasn't even a league right, game. So there, yeah. <laughs> you saw more than one. You saw the Columbus game in the rain with me. Yeah, I saw. And it. there was the DC game. No, I think I went home. I think I had to go home. Oh, you did because your kids were crying. Yeah, I couldn't. I didn't even watch. You that missed one. it. It was the best. <laughs> I think I only saw the Montreal game when it was snowing. A different type of precipitation that we're used to up here. So anyway, there's my so that's my expectation, and I think I can live with that. But you're saying playoffs? I think I think every I think every year in my head, yeah, okay, my big head. You know why I don't want to say playoffs? Because I don't want a fucking ticket price increase. Yeah, I don't that's why I'm not. That's why I'm not jumping for that. That's gonna happen anyway. No, because I'm saying if we're making who's gonna pay the fall. <laughs> I don't care. Not me. It's gonna happen. The beer sales are. Yeah, mm, they're making enough money. So on that note, I'd like to say my expectation would be that we win more than one game at home. No, you get to see more than one win. At home. I think that if we, <laughs> we win, did win, we, we won. Win. That, that's guaranteed because I don't have any nephews anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if we win more games at home, <laughs> and I think this is a statistic all around. If a team wins more games at home, it keeps their home form and can kind of pull off victories visiting. They will make the playoffs, or they 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 generally rank higher in the standings than most. So I think if they if we can make Toronto BMO Field the Fortress again, and with our new signings and our fancy goals, then I think playoffs isn't unreasonable. Yeah, I think that the team with the familiarity that Ryan Nelson has with some of his players and the age around and Dero kind of becoming almost. I think there's going to be several coaches. It's almost going to be like helping little Ryan Nelson kind of get his feet on the ground, which is a lot of reason why I think Dero got signed. Mainly because it's a good story and because he's home and he's, he's he's getting older now. And there's a DC connection, I think. And there's a DC connection. So he's being surrounded by friends. Not the, they weren't there league. at the same time, but there's no, a connection. No, but they there's a connection. There. And they do know each other. The same with um, Defoe. I think that I think that Ryan Nelson has a lot of help and I think it's going to be almost very socialist and it's communal kind of coaching, I, I, I think. And I think that, that, that the team will come away more positively yeah, after I, this training camp. And, right? and who knows what his deal really is. You know, what they've offered him and stuff like that. Maybe he'll be like the vegan nutrition coach. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, do we believe Nesta was really on $200,000 a year? He wasn't. I hope not. He wasn't. So, D-Rose was apparently on 150 thereabouts. Mm. Sure, they've... That's comfortable. MLSC has a lot lot of commodities outside of just their sports, right? That they can help a guy out with. So, So, like like they've been helping Tottenham out with. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Well, that's it's all about deals, right? It's really about business. I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, we got it. On that note, we're hitting. If you're a good, Spurs fans, you'll be yeah, happy. We've hit a you'll good be pleasantly surprised this year. Yeah, we've hit a good point on the podcast. I think we should wrap it up. We'll be back though. Through the stuff will keep happening. Podcasts will start coming up. This is the beginning of the year, guys. So get into it. Uh, season starts in less than two months, probably like uh, one and a half. So what are we, we seeing you soon? What are we saying? Oh. We'll be seeing you soon. <laughs> and uh, we got Steve Perry is on the north. No, I was on pizzas. Oh yeah, okay. on the pizzas. <laughs> and uh, we got Andre. Andre was on salad. South. So he was on salad, and I just I just <laughs> ate it all. And Sparky was on the cranberry juice. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for listening. We'll uh, catch you guys soon. You 
Side Stand Up is the only Toronto City specific podcast breaking down the game right after it happens. We want you to get involved. Reach out to us on Twitter at Red Nation Online or on email at info at rednationonline.ca and share your thoughts on how the Reds did on the pitch today. As well, check out our other podcasts on rednationonline.ca from the Black Hole, Off the Woodworks, and their Gaffer and Hooligan, giving you all the coverage you want on Canadian soccer. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time. What do you see? Kids with fear.